Welcome to Ingredipedia, a factual food fight podcast where every episode we pick one ingredient and present three facts that will blow your mind about the ingredient each. And then you get to vote who's better on Instagram, which is at Ingredipedia. My name's Emily Naismith and my co-host is Ben Birchall. G'day. Hi. <laughs> it's, uh, it's holiday season. Yeah. Uh, depending on when you're listening to this, it's either before or after Christmas. Uh, or during, it might be, well, it might be on Christmas Day. If so, Merry Christmas. <laughs> well, l- let's talk about a Christmassy type ingredient. This is kind of a listener suggestion today. Is it? It's not an email listener suggestion, but it was suggested to me by a listener okay. uh, named Bryce. Uh, I mentioned that we were going we to do one more before Christmas and he said, should do cherries. Mm, I've been wanting to do cherries for a while anyway. Feels like a good moment. Yeah. I think um, it's cherry season. Mm. Got to be seasonal. It, well, interestingly, I reckon cherries are one of the few actually seasonal fruits these days. Like they're just not around. We, I, they were actually around in like April. Yeah. But imported. Yeah. But it's not as good. Yeah. So you, you sometimes get some imported, but it's not like, you know, like pretty much every other fruit you can just buy mm. every month of the year. Whereas cherries is, sorry, cherries are seasonal. And so, yeah, it feels like feels like summer. It feels like Christmas when they roll around. Mm. Hopefully, this captures that feeling for you as yeah. we rumble in the jungle about cherries. Okay, so I love cherries. Let me just say that before I get into a negative um, starting, opinion about starting cherries. Negative. Yep. Okay. So I love cherries. Never have a bad word to say about fresh cherries, but I do have something against cherries. Evil cousin, glacé cherries. Mm. <laughs> they so had to come up, didn't they? They've been ruining fruitcakes for <laughs> centuries. I love fruitcakes, but a glassy cherry in the middle just ruins it. Had to eat around it. Yeah. Um, so I thought for this fact I'd investigate why I hate them when I love cherries so much. Like, because I don't actually even know what they are, if, if they are actually a real cherry. So I wanted to find out what terrifying process takes place in order to turn cherries from beautiful fresh fruit into rancid, jelly-like pieces of shit. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Um, so the first thing you do when you're making a glacé cherry is you need to turn it into a maraschino cherry, mm-hmm. which is the process is outlined in a BuzzFeed article called Behold the Horrifying Way Maraschino Cherries Are Made. <laughs> so the video is missing. It was taken off YouTube, I assume because it's too disgusting. So it was pulled. So while I've got it, the words that describe the video, which says, which say, at the processing center, the cherries are bleached in a solution of calcium chloride and sulfur dioxide until they turn yellow. Next, they're marinated in huge vats of high fructose corn syrup and red number four. Ah, uh, yeah. So that's how you make the cherries that you sometimes get in cocktails and desserts and sure. stuff. Then to make. And you're okay with them? No. Like, oh. I don't really like them either. Okay. Then to make glacé cherries, you need to candy the maraschino cherries in a sugar syrup. So they end up having six times the amount of sugar as a regular cherry, which is just kind of pointless, I think, because cherries are sweet, like good sweet. So I don't really understand why people have glacé cherries. But I looked at the history and it's because they used to preserve, there was a way to preserve the yeah. fruit in like the 16th century Seems or whatever. Like a, yeah, but like that's very different from bleaching it in yeah. sulfur like dioxide. Yeah, pickled cherries, they might be good. Yeah. Not like glacé cherries. No, just like pickle yeah. them in some vinegar and yeah. sugar. Um, anyway, they're just kind of like a mutant shadow of their former self and ruin everything that they're put in. 
And I'd just like to say to all the glacé cherries out there, get off my fruitcake. Okay, well, we've started negative. <laughs> let's, let's try and take it into a positive. I want to talk about what cherries symbolise. Mm-hmm. And actually, this is going to take a bit of a gross turn at some point, but let's start at positive. Um, cherries in Chinese and Japanese mythology are very kind of evocative. Um, they can symbolise fertility, merrymaking and festivity in, in Chinese. In Japan, where um, cherry blossoms are the national flower, so obviously a big deal over there, cherries represent beauty, courtesy and modesty. The ancient Chinese regarded the fruit as a symbol of immortality. So cherries have kind of really got it going on. Um, one Chinese legend tells of the goddess Ji Wang Mu in whose garden the cherries of immortality ripen every thousand years. And cherry wood is thought to keep evil spirits away. So the Chinese placed cherry branches over their doors on New Year's Day and carved cherry wood statues to stand guard in front of their homes. So going back to the kind of symbolizing fertility, they also grossly... Um, symbolise the loss of virginity to pop one's cherry, which is a really f- disgusting term that's been around since about the 1890s. Um, but the other thing that cherry symbolise is um, kind of wealth and uh, I, I guess the sort of very best, so, you know, the cherry on top of a of a sundae. And they're also used in, in gambling. And I kind of looked into this, you know, like um, on like poker machines, it's, there's always like fruit and yeah. you light up, you know, like four cherries and you do the thing and like, yeah, it pays out for you. And I'm, I'm not... Uh, I mean, I guess so. <laughs> you're not, not down at the local RSL every the, night, but really? I know what you're talking about. <laughs> I was wondering why I didn't see you there. But you know that it, it exists yep. as a thing. Um, so I, I was really curious as to where that came from while I was looking into the, the symbolism of, of cherries in particular. It's because the first gambling machines actually paid out chewing gum this is from from a very reputable website called casino.org <laughs> um but they talk they, they I thought, wait i thought .org meant it was like a legitimate thing but then how can it be casino casino.org. <laughs> yeah i think it's a it's a not-for-profit uh looking after all those casinos out there but basically um in the early 20th century uh, there were early sort of poker machines that gave out their winnings in the form of chewing gum and the various flavours uh, that it paid out were depicted mm. on the machine. So you get three cherries, it would pay you out a pack of cherry-flavoured gum. Um, and it wasn't just a novelty, they were actually using that deliberately to avoid anti-gambling laws that existed in many US states at the time. So then did you sell the chewy or something? I, I think they kind of hacked the machine. So it's like, oh, they pay out gum, but they also oh, paid right. out money. Um, so it was only later that they uh, re- the laws were relaxed and money was given out, but the fruit stayed. So three cherries now is a whole bunch of cash rather than cherry-flavoured chewing gum. So that's what cherries mean. Uh, I'm not sure what the symbolism of glacé cherries is, though. <laughs> Probably just means making Emily angry. Yeah. Uh, So my second fact, I'm going to talk about cherry Coca-Cola. I'll just pour you a glass there. Can you hear it bubbling at home? I got it from the import section of my supermarket. Um, And I haven't actually had it in. Mm. I've never had the imported one anyway. Oh, sweet. Yeah. Is normal Coke that sweet? Nah. It tastes sweeter. It's sweeter than normal Coke. Yeah, anyway. So my first experience of cherry cola 
was like most Australians in a Savage Garden song. It was 1997. I was 10 watching Rage and I loved this song where the only decipherable lyric in the verse are something to do with Cherry Cola, if you'd like to play. Mm Mm-hmm. Like a chicken... Like a, like a chicka cherry cola, I think. I always assume chicken cherry oh, cola. Oh, really? I think would be delicious. That kind of does make more sense than chicka cherry cola, which is what I think it is. I don't think either of them make sense. Um... Well, like chicken cherry cola, you can kind of imagine like cooking a chicken in cherry cola or something. That's a good idea. Um, Hang on to that can. <laughs> so I wanted to find out what the hell is going on uh, with this song because like some people actually call it the cherry cola song because that's like the only part that they remember of mm. the song. So I listened a bit more closely um, a few times over the past week and he is actually saying chicka cherry cola, okay. not chicken. Sorry. Disappointing. I was right. Um, so I wanted to find out what it means. So the lyrics around it that no one understands. Oh my God. Have you got Darren Hayes on the phone? Um, no, (laughs) sorry. I'm going to read out the lyrics. Basically it's saying, he's talking about a girl and then he says, where your crystal minds and magenta feelings take up shelter in the base of my spine, sweet like a chicka cherry cola. So I was thinking maybe he's describing the feeling, um, of imagining this girl as like drinking cherry cola, mm. maybe. doesn't really make that much sense. But then I was thinking, like, what the hell is chica anyway? But then I was thinking maybe it's like chica cherry cola has six syllables and cherry Coca-Cola also has six. Oh. So maybe it's one of those things where he originally wanted to say like a cherry Coca-Cola, yeah. but then he had to change it because of like trademark legal issues so he changed it to chicka cherry cola which is actually working out better because the best bit is the chicka bit anyway mm, yeah. like that's the best sound yeah did a bit more research on it and darren hayes has actually commented on this issue so i got and this he's on the phone now. <laughs> no, i got this um from a thread on the arts technica forum and this is um written by sweet pepper and they said during an interview darren said that in australia they don't have dr pepper or cherry coke So the first time he came to America, he was totally blown away by it. Rather than using a product name like Cherry Coke, he made the word Chica Cherry Cola instead. Still no reason as to why there's the Chica bit, but Mm. um, sometimes musical geniuses don't need a reason. And Darren Hayes actually has his own podcast called We Paid to See This. I think it's about film. So I'm just going to do a podcast shout out, Darren, if you'd like to reply in your podcast as to what you actually meant by Chica Cherry Cola. That would be... Amazing, and the door is always open. Always open for you, Darren. <laughs> okay, well, I've got a song that I want to talk about as well. It's not by Savage Garden. It's by the band Warrant. It goes something like this. So it's from 1990. The band is Warrant. Mm-hmm. Uh, hair metal is is the rage, uh, and that there's hits around like uh, "Love in an Elevator" or "Unskinny Bop." You know, really big kind of anthemic hair metal pop songs. So Warrant have made uh, an album, 
at that point is is called uh, Uncle Tom's Cabin, and they handed it over to their record company. And the record company said, "We don't hear the single. We want our love in an elevator like the Aerosmith. We want a hit." So the song was written in 15 minutes on a pizza box, which is now on display in the Hard Rock Cafe in Destin, Florida. If anybody is there and you want to see the the, the uh, cherry pie pizza box, uh, I'll, I'll go into some of the lyrics. Um, this is directly from the Wikipedia page, uh, which some people have called out is quite lazy when I just read the Wikipedia page, but hey, it's nearly Christmas. Um, uh, I just really like how seriously they've kind of uh, dissected the lyrics to this very stupid song. The lyrics appear to contain many metaphorical and blatant references to sex, such as, well, swinging on the front porch, swinging on the lawn, swinging where we want because there ain't nobody home. And swinging in there because she wanted me to feed her, so I mixed up the batter and she licked the beater. Some say the lyrics are a man bragging about his sexual exploits with a woman who is very attractive and who is the object of desire of many men. Uh, so that's the song. I mean, it gets gross later when it's talking about um, her, the daddy walking home, standing six feet four. He said, you ain't going to swing with my daughter anymore. That it gets it, Look, it gets into gross town, which unsurprising as as the uh, references to to uh, cherries in sexuality but you would think uh Janie Lane the singer of Warrant who cranked out this song at his uh record company's behest it worked it was a top 10 hit in 1990 and it was also named the 56th best hard rock song by VH1 in 2009 but Apart from being successful, it has brought no joy to singer Janie Lane. And I'm just going to go f- uh, for an interview from uh, the early 2000s with Janie Lane from Warren talking about what that song did for his band and to his band. The record was called Uncle Tom's Cabin. And Donnie Einer called up and said, I don't hear the single. You got to give me a f- single like Love in an Elevator. I need something like that. So... That night, I wrote Cherry Pie, sent it to him. He lived with it over the weekend, and all of a sudden, the album's called Cherry Pie. The record's called Cherry Pie. I'm doing Cherry Pie eating contests. (laughs) The single's Cherry Pie, right? If I'm lying, I'm dying. And my legacy's Cherry Pie. Everything about me is Cherry Pie. I'm a Cherry Pie guy. So... Oh, he's pissed. Janie Lane, <laughs> it basically ruined his life, being the cherry pie guy. Uh, they really kind of fizzled out as a band. I think the grunge craze of the 1990s really wiped out pretty much all of those hair metal bands from the 80s and early 90s. Uh, but it hit Janie particularly hard because he also ended up the cherry pie guy. Tragic postscript. He died uh, in a motel room in... Uh, 2011, allegedly of acute alcohol poisoning at the Comfort Inn in Woodlands Hills, California. Uh, his death still remains under investigation and an open case. So cherries seem like a lot of fun and, you know, they might write you a hit song, but be careful because they also might ruin your life. One of my friends who I've been um, friends with since high school spent the past year in a town called Young in New South Wales where he's doing practical coursework to be a doctor. So Young is four hours inland from Sydney and two hours from Canberra and also it's the cherry capital of Australia. 
or should I say the undisputed cherry capital of Australia, as it says on their website. Wow. But actually, it's quite disputed yeah, at the moment because say. Tasmania are yeah. um, pumping out good quality cherries and lots of them. I noticed from the uh, Australian Cherry Growers website, they're based in Tasmania. Yeah. The website's pretty weird. There was some weird... <laughs> some weird Sorry, if the Cherry Growers Association are listening, you've got some weird illustrations on your website. Anyway, back to Young. Um, So I asked him what it was like living in the cherry capital of the nation. And he said, well, I avoided the cherries while I lived there due to the fructose thing. So, I mean, he's he's fructose intolerant, so that's that's kind of shit to live in the um, (laughs) cherry capital of the country. But anyway, he did tell me that he went to the annual cherry festival while he was there, which had cherry picking, cherry pie eating, and also cherry pip spinning. So I was interested in this cherry pip spinning sport. So I looked into it a bit more for my third fact. So basically cherry cherry pit, it's called in America. I don't know. They call it pits. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Um, so I looked into it. And basically it's where you eat the flesh off the cherry and then spit the pip as far as you can. So according to Wikipedia, spitting cherry pits is an amateur sport. There are no known professional leagues of cherry spitters, though this may change if enough people begin participating in the sport. Mm. So there you go. Yeah, looking for a sport to dominate in. But you are going to have to try really hard because in the Guinness Book of Records, the longest spit of a cherry pip, guess how long it is? Feet or metres? Metres. Uh, 22 metres. It's actually 28.5. Oh. Yep. By Brian Younggun Krauss. <laughs> In the International Cherry Pit Spitting Championship at Eau Claire, Michigan in 2004. So what you do is you don't run up. You just stand in a line, like behind a line and spit. So I looked into the technique and what you have to do is like curl your tongue to create like a cannon for Mm. the cherry pip and then like use all the force in your lungs and kind of like, kind of like use your chest as like movement to also project the cherry. And that's how you get like a really good... Spit. Can you? Are there rules around how much body movement there is? Can um, you like spin into it? Are, like a, I think there's a freestyle section. Yeah. So he actually got further in the freestyle section. He got th- over thirty meters right. in that, which I assume is like spinning round and jumping yeah, up and all like that kind a of discus thing. type thing. Yeah, like, like, yeah, like spinning into it. But this one, no, I think it's just you stand there and spit. Um, so I feel like that's kind of a fun Christmas activity. I, I feel like I'm gonna suck at it. With my shit lungs, I'll get like one meter. But I would be interested to see what other Ingredipedia listeners get over Christmas. Challenge. So it's a challenge. All right. I'll, I'll take that challenge. Cool. Yeah, I think my nephews will really enjoy that as well. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, I'm scared about inhaling, actually. <laughs> Accidentally. Yeah, okay, listeners, just careful <laughs> out there. Oh, God, it's going to be a bloodbath. <laughs> but let us know how far you got. Uh, and the winning... Um, Ingredipedia listener um, emails at ingredipedia at gmail.com or through the website uh, and you will win. We don't, uh, <laughs> we don't have any merch or anything. Uh, <laughs> uh, you'll win an opportunity to guess an, I mean, to suggest an ingredient on the show, which, which you can do anyway. <laughs> <laughs> which we'll ignore for a year. <laughs> Sounds great. Cool. Okay, well, we've talked about ch- cherries, glacé cherries. Uh, we've talked about cherry pies we've talked about cherry cola but there's one use for cherries that i feel like doesn't sort of get talked about that much and that's it's um mixing cherries with life's most pleasurable drink beer 
Um, but that's what the Belgians have actually done for centuries with uh, Lambic beer or Lambic Creek is the is the sort of Belgian cherry beer. Um, it's a beer that's dry and a little bit sour uh, that they they use um, spontaneous fermentation with like airborne yeast. So they'll, they'll kind of let it um, brew in an open tank. So like yeast can just get in there. And um, while we think of hops as being the tr- traditional flavoring for beer, cherries were used as a beer flavoring for centuries before hops replaced them as the widespread extra ingredient in traditional beer making. So cherry beer is older than hop, hop beer that we now drink. So what's your point, you ask? Mm. It's that I have some here. Um, it's currently, just letting you behind the curtain, it's 10.53 in the morning. <laughs> is it too early to drink some cherry beer? I, I don't think so. Um, Basically, it's it's a very old Belgian tradition as we, as we just covered, but a lot of the modern brewers are trying it out now. So I've got two sort of modern examples. One's an American brewer. It's kind of Sierra Nevada, um, their sort of uh, experimental arm called Davila. And they have a Belgian-style Abbey Quad ale with cherries added. It's got a kind of – it's in a bottle with like a – I'm going to open it. Okay. Wow, it's got a cork. Fancy. <laughs> pop pop the cork it's um got a picture of some sort of trappist monk on the on the front um yeah it's in collaboration with monks of the abbey of new clairvaux i think that's another brewery that they've collaborated with uh in chico california chica cherry cola california um it's a heavy beer this is maybe nine that's point maybe it is this is 9.2 percent alcohol beer i'm hearing fermentation and cherries and i just I hope it doesn't taste like glass cherries. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. Let's give this one a try. Um, is it supposed to be warm? It's coolish. Oh, is yeah. it cool? Whoa. Well, it's like, it's yeah. the feeling of drinking spirits. Yeah. It's pretty, it's very syrupy. Um, deep malt for, forward flavors, they say on the bottle, of dark fruit and cocoa combined with the bright cherry character for a rich and decadent take on their robust Belgian-style ale. It's really cool. dark. It kind of is the same colour as the cherry cola that we just drank. Yeah. It's actually darker. Yeah. If you look at them. It's, I can't, like, we've just had, like, a, basically a shot glass of that, and that's, like... It's actually like doing a shot. It's pretty gross. Yeah. <laughs> no <laughs> offense. Sorry, Davila. Thanks for um, bringing it. <laughs> thank you. Uh I guess Ingredipedia as branded content isn't going so well because <laughs> we just call everything gross. Well, that cherry cola is really sweet. Yeah, that beer is horrible. Um, so that's the, f- the first one. Uh, and I don't know if you can pour that <laughs> I'll mix out, it with the cherry mix coke. it with the cherry coke. And maybe that'll be like when we did the, um, yeah, okay. The milky, the milky cocktail and then we mixed it with the egg flip big M. That was, that was good. probably our best creation. I think so. <laughs> Better than the podcast. It was also well. I think the podcast was uh, was okay, but mainly because we we're pretty drunk for that one. Um, okay, so this is a local uh, brewery. This is um, Moondog. Uh, they're in Abbotsford, I think, or in yeah, in Abbotsford, in Melbourne, in Victoria, in Australia. Uh, this beer is called the Perverse Sexual Amalgam. It's the name wow. of the beer. Uh, it's black wild ale, and as I mentioned, that kind of wild fermentation and sort of slightly sour beer. I was expecting the the Davila one to be more sour. It was very very sweet mm. and syrupy. Let's see if this one's a little bit sour. So yeah, black wild ale with cherry plums. What they say on the, on the bottle is um, 
well, this is, yeah, uh, tw- oh, Jesus, no, 14, is that 12% alcohol? No. This one, no, you can't see through. It looks like Guinness. It's very black. It's a 6% alcohol, uh, so it's not quite as heavy as the other one. Uh, it's described as funky, wild and tart. Some things don't seem right, but you want them anyway. That quasi-erotic feeling you get when Charlton Heston makes out with Zero the Chimp. Okay, I don't like it before I Sure, she it. reluctantly says, all right, but you're so damned ugly, but you know she's into it. And as with all things a bit perverted, so are you. Thank you, Moondog. Uh, there's a picture of uh, wow. a rooster in a bikini. How does it taste, Dan? Mm, tastes a lot more like beer, so that's good. Mm. But it has like a weird taste too. Tastes kind of like fruit. It's. <laughs> I reckon you can taste the cherry more in this Moondog one. I feel like you can taste citrus. I reckon that's that wild fermentation thing going on. Like it's pretty funky. Like, mm. like it's definitely sourer. Yeah. Than the other one. I like it more. Yeah, me too. The other one was really sweet and syrupy. This one's kind of sour and yeasty and kind of, it's got a bit of sizzle to it. And it's more like cherry too, I reckon. I'm going to, I don't think I could, again, we're just drinking like a shot of this. I can't imagine getting through a whole bottle no. in a hurry, um, but I do prefer it to the, the Belgian style one, which we now have a, like a pint of that <laughs> sitting here. I'll pour it into my cocktail of yeah. all the cherry drinks on we'll, the show. <laughs> we'll make uh, we'll make make some. That's actually the best one. All three combined. All three combined? Because it takes out the sweetness, the right. super sweetness of the cherry Coke. Okay. And um, how much did you put in? Well, you put too much of the bad one. Too much of the bad. I'll, I'll level <laughs> it out. A bit more of the good yeah. one. This is like science. <laughs> you know what? That's really good. I know. <laughs> I think we've missed our calling. <laughs> we'll just release a line of products that match up to some of our episodes. Yeah. What a great idea. <laughs> um, so if you want to uh, uh, have a taste uh, of the, should we name this cocktail? The cherry. Cherry triple. Call it the, Yep. Triple triple cherry delight. Uh, triple cherry surprise. Just go and pick yourself up some uh, perverse sexual amalgam beer from Moondog Craft Brewery in Melbourne and some Davila Belgian style Abbey Quad from um, Sierra Nevada in, in California and a little bit of cherry cola. Mm, Mix imported. it on up. Yeah, the in- imported version. That's good. Merry Christmas. Woo. <laughs> All right, so to recap, so you can vote for whose facts you like the best, I spoke about how much I hate glass A cherries. And then I spoke about the symbolism of cherries. And then I tried to find out what Chica Cherry Cola meant in the Savage Garden song. And then I found out the depressing end of the Warrant Cherry Pie saga. And I um, looked into cherry spitting as a sport that you can do over Christmas. And I introduced the tradition of cherry beer, which is older than hop-flavoured beer, and then we made the triple cherry surprise, triple yeah. cherry delight. Either or. Whatever it's called, it's damn good. <laughs> um, thanks for a, a great year of, uh, of, of listening to us. Um, we really appreciate all of your comments and uh, all of the voting and, um, yeah, all of the 
uh, interaction that we have with you guys. Um, oh, you make it sound so corporate. <laughs> All the engagements and interactions we have with uh, you guys. Our engagement rate that is really have. high. Uh, really enjoying the content uh, <laughs> that, that you that you engage with, and really that's how we prove the efficacy of our. Okay, you can stop now. <laughs> Thank you, everyone, for listening. Have a great Christmas, and we'll see you next year. Cheers, guys.